0: Hello, friends, and welcome to RobCast 41. This one is called The Forgiving Flow, Part 4, Sending It Away. This is uh, the fourth of a five-part series on forgiveness. Uh, The series is called The Forgiving Flow, and this episode, The Sending It Away, uh, I want to talk specifically about a word and then the implications of that word for how we think about forgiveness. And as I've been saying over and over again in this series, to forgive is to set someone free and then to find out that it's you. So if you have any questions about forgiveness, uh, part five, I want to address specific questions you have about forgiveness. So drop those to uh, email, questions at robbell.com or just dump them on Instagram. And we'll take a look and see if uh, We'll comb through it and uh, try to address the specific questions that you have. Now, here's what I want to do in this episode. I want to give you another way to think about forgiveness, not just in terms of revenge or the myth of redemptive violence or... um, like a snorkel and the sort of the idea of the, the air comes in, the air comes out, the idea that love comes to you and you would pass it along to others. But I wanna give you another image and maybe this one will help. Uh, sometimes for me, I need lots of different images until one clicks and I'm like, oh, that's great, I got it. So I wanna give you the idea of sending it away. And I wanna ground this thought in Uh, a prayer that's called the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer Jesus gave his disciples. One of the very typical things you would ask a rabbi in the first century is, Rabbi, teach us to pray. And then that rabbi would teach you to pray, and the way that they taught you, what they taught you to pray about, how they prayed, taught you something about what mattered to that rabbi, because prayer is talking to God about the things that matter most. And so uh, this is a very standard question, and at one point in uh, what's called the Sermon on the Mount, sort of a compendium of Jesus' teachings, there's uh, this line where Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. By the way, hallowed means essentially holy. It's almost like, please remind me of the holiness of life. See, if, if everything is grounded in our Father in heaven, uh, there are lots of images in the scriptures for uh, God is mother, God is fire, God is lots of things. So, so Father happens to be the image he uses here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is about source. Life has a source. And source means gratitude. So, the power of our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name is everything begins with gratitude. Our Father, thank you that we have this gift, this holy, sacred gift of life. Please. Please remind me afresh each day that the breath I just took, the breath I'm taking, the breath I'm about to take is a gift. That the whole thing is holy. That the whole thing is sacred. All of the ways that I've been beaten down, all of the voices in my head telling me I'm nothing, all of the ways I've been degraded and violated over the years, please, please, remind me that life is a gift. It flows from a singular source and that all of life is holy. So then it, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the your kingdom come, your will be done, brilliant. Essentially, please remind me that I live in a dynamic universe, that something is afoot, something's going down, something's happening here. There's way more going on here than any of us first realized. There's a whole new world bursting forth right in the midst of this one. One of the questions this raises is, do you have a static or a dynamic view of the universe? A static view of the universe simply says, things are they've always have been this way nothing's really changing it's all set fixed firm established and you sort of make your way around in it this is not in any way a vision of life that brings you any sort of life or satisfaction or fulfillment your kingdom come your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven is jesus way of saying please remind me today that i live in a participatory universe that something is unfolding, that I can take part in the ongoing creation of the world. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Spirituality is not about you getting somewhere when you die. Spirituality, any authentic, honest spirituality is going to be about you being fully present right here and right now. Jesus did not come to tell you how to go to heaven when you die. He comes to tell you how to bring heaven to earth right here and now. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Earth is where the action is. Earth is our home. So the prayer begins with this reminder of all of life flows from a singular source. May you please remind me of the holiness and the sacred nature of all of life. Please remind me that I live in a dynamic cosmos in which something is unfolding that I get to be a part of. And please remind me that the action is here. That today as I move about my day, whether it's a classroom or an insurance agency or doing laundry or out stuck in track, please remind me that the action is here. It's about heaven crashing into earth. And then he says, now give us today our daily bread. Notice he does not ask for the next 30 days of bread. Please give me assurances that I'll have bread tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. No, give us today our daily bread. Nothing robs us of joy faster than when we are worried about some other moment than this moment. So the prayer is give us today our daily bread. Please give us everything we need for today. Just today. It's all I'm asking for. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, here's what's really interesting. Give us today our daily bread is about help us to be present. How much of your worry and anxiety comes from worrying about bread tomorrow? So it's help us to be fully present right here and right now. Just give us what we need just for today. Now, forgive us our debts is about the past. That's about being free from what happened in the past. And then lead us not into temptation is about the future. So in just a couple of lines, what Jesus has essentially given us a prayer is, begin with gratitude for life. It flows from a singular source and it is holy. Please remind me that I live in a dynamic participatory universe and there's something for me to do to join in because the action is here on earth. Please give me exactly what I need for today. Please set me free from the past. That's forgive us our debts. We've forgiven our debtors. And please set me free from worry and anxiety about the future regret is when you're stuck in the past worry and anxiety are when you're stuck in the future regret and forgiveness of debts is about the past worry and anxiety is about the future what hasn't happened forgiving our debts is about what has happened and the prayer is that we would be right here stuck neither in the future or the past. So first, let us reflect, let us <laughs> I never talk like that. Let's think about forgiveness in terms of time. When somebody wounds you, maybe you're harboring resentment towards somebody, maybe you haven't forgiven somebody. What happens then is it splits you between this moment and the moment of the wound, and all the moments in between. See, what forgiveness does is it keeps you stuck back there in time. And so one of the prayers and one of the journeys of forgiveness is to simply rescue you from back there, and to bring you into the present. Not forgiving someone is one of the largest obstacles you can place in the way of being fully present here and now. You know anybody, or maybe it's you, you're still nursing a grudge. When you're nursing a grudge, you are choosing to stay in the past. Have you ever noticed someone who every time you mention someone else, they mention what that person did to them? Or maybe it's somebody, you don't know the other person, but every time you're with this person, they mention this thing that happened to them years ago. They're still living in the past. And when you're living in the past and trying to also live in the present, then you are split. So, when we think about forgiveness in terms of time, the per forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive those, uh, exactly how does it go here? Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Essentially, help us to enter into the forgiving flow in which we receive grace and love and forgiveness as we pass it along to others. So maybe you could reframe it like this. Help me live with myself well so that I can live with others well. Because when we're still dragging around those debts, we're not present. And oftentimes the debts are ones we've racked up. We haven't forgiven ourselves. We are not living well with ourselves. We have not made peace with our own story. No wonder we're having a hard time forgiving others. We haven't allowed ourselves to be forgiven. So, so maybe one prayer you could write out would simply be, help me to live with myself well so that i could live with others well forgiveness is one of the greatest obstacles the lack of forgiveness to being fully present now we've thought about forgiveness in terms of time now let's think about forgiveness in terms of burden because when jesus talks about forgiving debts the word forgive in the greek language is the word aphiomi let me hear you say it now aphiomi not that i can hear you say it the word means to send away So to forgive debts is to send away the debt. See, when we're wronged, the person has handed us this wound. And so picture like you're standing there holding a box full of the wound. Revenge is when you decide to take this box of the wound and hand it back. Only you put a severed head in there, or you fill it with blood. I don't know. (laughs) That's so graphic. But you know what I mean. We hand them back the box, and then because revenge always escalates, we add a few things, right? We write some words on the outside of the box. But if you think about forgiveness as something that is done to you, and now you're holding it, revenge is the refusal to hold it, so you just pass it back, which keeps it in circulation. To forgive somebody is to take this thing that they've handed you and to send it away. So, uh, in an earlier part in this series, I talked about bearing it. Another way to visually image it would simply be, I'm not, imagine it would be, I'm not going to keep carrying this thing around because when you're carrying something around, it's heavy. Have you ever noticed when you haven't forgiven someone how heavy it is? How it loads you down. It's like a burden. And if I were to describe sort of spatially the number of people I've interacted with who are carrying around some wound and they realize they need to forgive, heaviness is one of the ways, I've seen this again and again, it's almost like it rests on the person's shoulder, the shoulders, their heart. Uh, So if you have been wronged by somebody and you haven't forgiven them, one of the ways to think about it would be to think about yourself holding a box and the wound is in the box. And so you cannot send something away that you haven't named Now, this is a really, really, really big deal, and here's why. You can't forgive an institution. I cannot tell you the number of people I've met who are angry with the church. They're mad with the church. You can't be angry with the church. Here's why. You cannot have issues with an institution because institutions are made of people. You are not mad at the church. You are not angry with that business that fired you. You are mad at someone. You are angry with someone. Whoever made the decision to have you fired, whoever rejected you, whoever judged you, whoever condemned you, you can't forgive a faceless institution. So when you met people who are all angry with the government, They will never be free until they can move past vague, ambiguous institutions, until they can name people. People hurt other people. And I cannot tell you how many people I've seen set free when they realized that the anger they're carrying around was just a vague, amorphous blob. If you're angry at something, until you can name the people, you can't send something away that you can't get your mind around, your hands around that you can't fit in that box. Oh, these people, that's who I'm carrying around. This person, this person, excellent. Now we need to forgive them specifically. You cannot something, send something away that you haven't named, and sometimes you have to be really, really specific. Go all the way into the heart of it. If it was evil and vile and cruel and brutal, then name it. Give it the full description it deserves. Maybe you need to get a sheet of paper out and write how that person really made you feel and record every last detail. Because you can't send something away if you're only pulling bits and pieces of it but there's still chunks of it left in your heart. You gotta drag it all up. And what you'll find is it's incredibly freeing. Sometimes what happens is we're angry but we're also polite So we fail to be brutally honest about just how badly we were hurt and how it made us feel. Drag it all up, get it all out. You don't need to share it with them. Probably shouldn't share it with them. Just keep it to yourself or a friend or something, but just get all that stuff out. Name it, be specific. And then you send it away. Maybe for you, you need to create a ritual. Rituals, people have been creating rituals for thousands of years. I've seen people take the names of people who have hurt them write them out and then set them on fire um, bury the name in the backyard as a symbolic we are we are tactile kinesthetic creatures we're made of dust we're made of earth so, sometimes you need to feel it in your hands sometimes you need to smell it sometimes you need to see it sometimes you need to experience the sensation like this person wounded me i am now going to enact this ritual as a way of physically symbolically saying i am not going to live stuck in the past is there anything that you need to send away the truth is you have not been fully present you have been missing out on the beauty, wonder, and holiness of this moment in your life because you're stuck with debts from the past. The power of this Jesus prayer is it grounds us right here, right now. Help me live with myself well so that I can live with others well. Help me receive so that I can give. Help me enter into the flow in which the love I inhale and then I exhale to others. Anybody here stuck in the past? Anybody here bringing it up over and over and over again? And what you need is to send it away. Send it away, stop carrying that around. Maybe you need to take a box and you need to label, you need to write who you need to forgive and you need to stick it in the box and then you need to go to some public place, use a biodegradable box, how about that, and just leave the box and walk away from it. Send it away. Pass it off to somebody. Create your own ritual. Do something that physically helps you enact the thing that you want to happen in your heart so that you can be here and nowhere else. May you, my brothers and sisters, send it away. And may, in sending it away, you discover that you are here more than ever.